It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Welcome to Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg will be out this week. He is, uh, yeah, he'll be out this week, and so I'll be here. Uh, Nate Williams, we have Stuart in the studio, and we're on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We are live on this Monday night. I want to hear your thoughts. Call in at 205 941 one zero one one. Now, y'all, I'm not gonna lie. I had some fun things to open up with. Uh, no, maybe fun might be overstated. Uh, let, let me put it this way: I had some more shallower, light-hearted topics I wanted to talk about. So, for example, even though this isn't a fun topic, it's you know it's sports. I was gonna talk a little bit about Alabama's loss. On, uh, what was it, Stuart? Friday night is when they played? Yes. I wanted to talk about that, and, and Stuart and I were going to just kind of just give our thoughts on the loss. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about peanut butter, because apparently, if I, if I read this correctly, TSA has categorized peanut butter as a liquid, and I do not agree. And so that's how I was going to open up the show. A little sports, a little peanut butter, if you will. However, uh, there's a tragedy that happened in Nashville, Tennessee, that we need to cover, we need to address. Uh, Christian leaders and politicians uh, voice their devastation. So this is an article by the Christian Post. Uh, After a shooting at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, left three nine-year-old children and three adults dead. Now, I've heard a couple different things. At first, I heard six. Then I think I was watching the news, and they said seven. So it's six or seven people have passed away. Stuart, what number do, do you have? When, when I read it, it was six. It was six. So that's probably it. I thought I heard seven somewhere, but well, maybe it, it was six. So I think it's six plus the shooter. Plus the shooter. So You're right. Okay, total. so seven total, six uh Victims. The shooting unfolded at the Covenant School, which serves preschool students through sixth graders, um, according to the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department. And uh, uh, the three children were nine. And then there were three adults as well, age 60, uh, two were 61. And then um, another person was 60. Now, I'm not going to, I don't know the right policy on this. I'm not going to name the shooter, even though you may have already seen the name, because uh, I, I just think that one of the major reasons why mass shooters do what they do, part of it is for notoriety. They want to become famous or infamous. And uh, it's almost like a glorification, like, look at what they've done. But if you don't name them 
and if you don't show their picture then it takes away all all their chance at fame it's just uh, someone who was a shooter uh, the person's uh, 28 years old, I uh, believe why, I, I think, again, uh, from initial reports, this person um, identifies as a, a transgender person, a, a lady. And so we want to be in prayer uh, for the, the families of those involved. It's, it's awful. And we're reminded every day of the effects of sin. Now, whether this person is super evil, whether this person had a mental illness that just something happened and this person was not in their right mind, uh, whether it's some sort of combination, I'm not looking to justify or blame, but just uh, I don't know the mental state of a person who would do this. Um, anyways, this person was heavily armed with two uh, rifles and a handgun and was eventually killed by police on the school's second floor. Uh, this person, I think, was a former student as well. Uh, police said they first got calls about the shooter at 10.13 a.m., and the shooter was deceased by 10.27. So first call was about 10.13, and then the shooter uh, was stopped at 10.27. And so that's, what is that? If my math is correct, that's about 14 minutes, give or take. And so the response was quick, and uh, unlike another unfortunate shooting, uh, the police officers uh, acted a little bit more swiftly, did not wait um, but anyways, on its website, the Covenant School is described as a ministry of the Covenant Presbyterian Church, with both located in southern Nashville. The school was created to assist Christian parents in the church by providing an exceptional academic experience founded upon and informed by the Word of God. And then... Naturally, after something like this happens, you get the wide range of reactions. I'm, I'm not going to get into policies. I think that whenever there's a tragedy, there's a time to talk about policy. But wait a couple days, a few days. Let, let the families mourn. Let the community mourn. And then talk about policy. Oftentimes, when something like this happens, it doesn't have to be with shooting. It could be with anything. With shootings, the left tends to immediately want to talk about policy, gun control. And again, I'm not, th this segment here is not for or against gun control. So my point is not politics. My point is not policies. What I'm talking about is I, I think we should just wait, uh, allow there to be mourning, and then talk about policy, wh whatever you think is best. And, and oftentimes with shootings, the left doesn't let that happen. However, again, I, I don't want to just point out the left. I'm sure the right is the same way, depending on the topic, immediately wants to talk about policy instead of allowing communities to mourn and grieve. And, and so uh, naturally, people on the left are saying we need uh, fewer guns, more gun control, more background checks, more rigid rules. And then the right says, no, we need more guns. We need teachers who are armed. We need 
um, uh, I don't know about soldiers, but maybe veterans or more police officers in the schools. Uh, and and uh, there we go. Uh, you got people naturally that want to talk about family, the breakdown of the family that happened in the 1900s, the absence of fathers. Again, I don't know this particular person's family situation. I'm sure details will come out later. Uh, people want to talk about fathers in the home. Um, and another interesting thing about this shooting is it, it even though this person uh, identified, uh, might identify as transgender, uh, this person, I believe, is a biological woman. And so that then is very rare. A lot of mass shootings out there, unfortunately. The person doing the shooting, being female, is very rare. So uh, maybe more information will come out about that. Uh, being a former student, may uh, who knows the reasoning, maybe bad experiences. Again, nothing justifies. I'm just talking about uh, potentials. And so I'm going to tell y'all about a little, just a little bit about information with gun deaths in the U.S. And again, when I say this, I don't want to get nasty calls. I don't want to get nasty emails. I'm not saying anything about anti-gun or pro-gun. These are just statistics reported by uh, a center that I trust, the Pew Research Center, uh, just in, just so that you're more informed. Um, so this goes up to 2020. The article was updated in 2022, and I think the statistics go up to 2020. Um, how many people die from gun-related injuries in the U.S. each year? In 2020, the most recent year for which complete uh, data is available, 45,222 people died from gun-related injuries in the U.S. And then uh, what share of U.S. gun deaths are murders and what share are suicides? Uh, though they tend to get less public attention than gun-related murders, suicides have long accounted for the majority of U.S. gun deaths. In 2020, 54% of all gun-related deaths in the U.S. were suicides, while 43% were more murders. So most of the gun deaths in this country are, are suicide. Uh, let's see. What share of all murders and suicides? So all murders and all suicides in the U.S. involve a gun. Nearly 8 in 10, so that's about 80% of U.S. murders in 2020, involve a firearm. Uh, what else? What other statistics? Um, what's, which states have the highest and lowest gun death rates in the U.S.? So this will vary, but... Uh, the, the highest rates of gun-related death, so that uh, tracked by the CDC, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, Wyoming, Missouri, and Alabama. The states with the lowest rates include New York, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Um, let's see. How many people are killed in mass shootings in the U.S. every year? Uh, the FBI collects data on active shooter incidents, which it defines as one or more individuals actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area. Under the FBI's definition, 38 people, not including the shooters, died in such incidents in 2020. So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see what else. Which types of firearms are most commonly used in gun murders in the U.S.? In 2020, handguns were involved in 59% of the U.S. gun murders uh, and non-negligent manslaughters. 
rifles, the category that includes uh, guns sometimes referred to as assault weapons, were involved in 3% of firearm murders. So not a lot of rifles were used. Shotguns were involved in 1%. And so... Y'all, just uh, just so that you're informed, this was Pew Research Center and, and gun violence. And again, I'm not for or against any policies right now, but just so that you're informed. And uh, we need to be careful. What are the loving ways to respond to this? Um, I know I think I, I hail from the Coleman area. And uh, I hail from the Coleman area. And I know I, I think in one of our schools... Uh, in Coleman County, they, they showed a room that could be set up really quickly in case there was a shooter and locked. It was like a fold-out room, which from a technology standpoint is kind of super cool, just a fold-out safe room. From a reality like, oh, no, we actually have to do this with our kids, it's heartbreaking, right? We want our schools to be safe. We often talk about public schools. I think this was a private Christian school. Y'all, so let's be praying and, and seek to serve as best we can. I'm sure donations have been set up and all those things. And, uh, y'all, I, these things just make me, you know, uh, already I want Jesus to come back, right? Already. But, man, I can't wait for our future new heavens, new earth with Jesus. Oh, goodness. Anyways, friends, that's just heartbreaking. And uh, like I said, I had other things planned for today, more lighthearted stuff, but I felt like we had to talk about this. Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Uh, we have a website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Go check out our show there. Lots of information with our show on that website. And don't go anywhere. We're not going to talk about this the whole hour. We have more lighthearted, fun stuff to talk about. Um, we'll talk, like I said, Alabama. That's not fun. I mean more like easygoing topics not fun necessarily and peanut butter is it a liquid we'll 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 talk about other things on this show y'all don't go anywhere we'll be right back priority talk greg davis here and i want to remind you of priority talk's longest running advertiser and that's today's family dentistry your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown coleman Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hi, I'm Dr. Gary Chapman, author of The Five Love Languages, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Stuart in the studio. And so last segment, we talked about the shooting. And I don't want to talk about that the whole time on this first hour, as you may know. We talk news and politics. And second hour, we talk ministry and culture. And so I, I talked... 
I talked about it in the last segment. And so if you missed that, you can check us out, our, our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere. So I'm going to move to other topics as we head towards 530. Uh, Stuart, did you watch the Alabama game on Friday night? Yes, I did. All right. What are your thoughts? Very disappointing. We definitely we played pretty bad. One of our worst performances of the year. And it cost us. Very yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, and uh, I know Miller, uh, he, he's been great all season. But I'm not going to lie, he was rough this tournament. And, and Alabama had the depth in the other games to make up for his bad games. But this one, what did he shoot? Three for 17 or something? Oh, I don't even remember. The whole uh, team shot pretty bad. Yes, and so that's where... Um, if your best player is not playing well, uh, you need the, everyone else to step up again. And they weren't able to do it a third time. So I wonder, uh, he had a poor uh, tournament. you think it was just some off games, or do you think the pressure of outside stuff got to him? Well, they said he got a groin injury. Okay, maybe that was in it. In the championship, SEC championship. Now, I don't know how what, to what degree he was injured like yeah. it didn't seem like he moved around it seemed like he moved around fine but but you you never know discomfort and stuff yeah like, like that. i think in interviews miller said oh i'm 100 percent," but then coach oates would say he's not 100 percent. he's gonna tell you that but he's really not yes and, and uh, yeah part of it's psychological um you don't want to give your opponent an advantage knowing you're in pain but also just you know that that athlete mindset i'm good if, if i can move i'm fine and uh, Nate Oates probably set people straight on that one. But uh, but anyway, so I guess, Stuart, looking back at this season, how would you describe it? Like, what are your thoughts on the season as a whole? Uh, I would say it was definitely a successful season. Yes. This is the best. I mean, I haven't seen all of our teams, but this is the best Alabama basketball team that I've seen mm-hmm. and probably the best player. And we won regular season championship tournament championship in our conference did that twice in the last three years so this is like we're known for football so for basketball this is very good very successful for us it is disappointing to lose that early in the tournament because we've never made the furthest we've ever made it is the elite eight yeah and to have our best team not even make the elite eight is definitely a disappointment so right now it stings but i think in the end you're gonna look it will look back and be like oh yeah that was a very good season it was a good season, and if you think about it for Nate Oates, again, just building blocks that yeah, recruiting hopefully continues to go well. Miller's going to be gone after this season. He's definitely going to the NBA, but maybe recruits see this, and they're like, oh, Alabama, that, hey, they're up and coming in basketball. Uh, I wonder who else will follow Miller to the NBA. Um, I hope a lot of people come back who are able to come back. But uh, you, we can keep building on that. Um, let's see. Uh, who who else do you think is gone? Because I, I, I always get um, mixed up who's a freshman, uh, you know, who might come back. or So who, I don't know. I, Clowney might go because yeah. he's a freshman. I think all the other freshmen might, are probably going to stay. Okay. But, and uh, then Betty Ocko. Betty Ocko a sophomore. A sophomore. Believe. Okay. He'll be back. So he'll probably, I hope he's back because uh, he's incredible on the inside. Um, Quinterly, was he a senior? So the thing is with COVID, seniors are not actually seniors. Like they can come back if they yeah. want. So I don't know 
I think Quinterly can come back if he wants to. I don't know if he wants to. And yeah. then Sears, I don't know if he's a senior and still has a year because of COVID or if he doesn't have a year because I don't yeah. keep up with that. You want me to admit something very embarrassing on air? What? My team growing up was a and is UNC. So this year, Alabama, yeah, Sweet 16, we wanted them to go further, but my growing up team was UNC. They went from preseason number one. Uh, they brought back Baycott, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. Uh, they got a good transfer, Pete Nance, I think is his name, and they just bombed. And so, Do you think that team, talent-wise, was deserving of being ranked that high, or do you think that was a reaction to making the championship last year? Here's what happened. Last year, they were quite an average team, but as sometimes happens with March Madness, they caught lightning in a bottle. They just, everything came together towards the end of the season. They went on a deep run. They're whooping Kansas at halftime. And then ever ever since last year's championship game at halftime, they then showed their true colors, which they went back to being kind of an average team. So I think all the reason why they were number one was, again, they caught lightning in a bottle. They went on this incredible run, March Madness, until the championship game, up 15 at halftime at Kansas. And then uh, I guess the clock struck midnight, and uh, they showed their true colors. Like, oh, you're actually just average really and then that showed through this season where they went 20 and 13 and they barely missed uh, the tournament i think they were the third team out along with clemson and then some others and that's how i would describe it so alabama fans i know it's a disappointment sweet 16 but at least you're not a unc fan like me and it was just a rough season start to finish uh, but anyway, so you think we're back next year, Stuart? You think, or or we're going to take a little bit of uh, Alabama. Alabama? I think we are. I mean, we've made the tournament the last three years. I think we're in a good place with how we're recruiting, with the way transfers work now. You can have a like a whole new roster every year, pretty much. Basically, and the way that we play, it seems to be a fun style that people want. Exactly. To be a part of. Exactly. I hope Nate Oates can keep it rolling, y'all. And then UAB is, uh, they're playing in their NIT uh, semifinal, I believe. Uh, soon, so we're we're rooting for them. We want UAB to do to do well. Auburn made the March Madness tournament, so they had a good season. Uh, well, okay, they, they some rocky parts to the season, but hey, they still made it. That's more than UNC. So when when you compare uh, someone's season to UNC, all of a sudden everything looks better. Uh, sad face this is wxjc radio we didn't even talk about peanut butter that's coming on next time when we get back from the break priority talk radio don't go anywhere hey this is greg and ever since the first time i visited israel in 1999 i've encouraged others to also experience the land of the bible for themselves i'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the holy land and walking where jesus walked if so why don't you pray about touring israel with me in the summer of 2023 we will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the sea of galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that jesus walked upon we will also visit the holy sites in the city of jerusalem including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at priorityTalkRadio.com 
and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code PTR to the number 202-249-5592 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 202-249-5592 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out this week. My name is Nate Williams. I'm with Stuart in the studio. Stuart's making sure everything's working the way it should, and he does a wonderful job. Very thankful for him. So, Stuart, all right, I'm going to need your help with this one. TSA, everyone's favorite uh, administration. TSA says peanut butter is classified as a liquid sparking debate. So I'm going to read this article. This is from uh, CBS News. The Transportation Safety Administration sparked a debate about the viscosity of peanut butter this month when they called it a liquid. Because the TSA considers the nut spread a liquid, plane passengers must limit the amount they bring in uh, their carry-ons. Like all other liquids, passengers are limited to 3.4 ounces or less of peanut butter in their carry-on bag, but can also put the snack in their checked baggage. The TSA tweeted about the peanut butter rule on March 21st, joking that you may not be nuts about it, insert laughter um, cue. They also shared the definition of a liquid, which has no definite shape and takes a shape dictated by its container so again a liquid has no definite shape and takes a shape dictated by its container many twitter users tried to poke holes in the tsa's logic if peanut butter is considered a liquid then why is it sold by weight and not by volume also does this same rule apply to chunky peanut butter then one person this is hilarious shared images of cats fitting the shape of various containers arguing they could therefore be defined as liquids that would be funny you're only allowed 3.4 ounces of cat on the plane one person said they were affected by the rule and had to surrender a big jar of jiff once Uh, anyway so on and so forth Uh, tsa loves their food puns and food jokes so Stuart, i ask you as the knowledgeable expert on all things tsa uh what do you think is peanut butter a liquid no no. Absolutely not. Uh, but then uh, then you got to ask, okay, no, because I'd agree with you. And we'll walk through this a little bit, y'all. This D- this is I the breaking know something news. Something happened. Something happened to make them make this change. Like, did some peanut butter incident happen? Oh, good. I don't know. Why all of a sudden did they just. Maybe uh, people have been trying to take on the whole jars of peanut butter, and then they said, enough is enough with this nonsense. I don't, uh, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. This was just a story so I saw. Is, so is butter, just regular butter, is that a liquid? I don't because they make blocks of those blocks of butter. So if you're holding a block of butter, is it 
a liquid that you're holding. That is very interesting because here are the options, right? It takes me back to school. You have a gas, you have a solid, and you have a liquid. I guess I would put peanut butter more among the solids. Yeah, as you should. Because here's why I disagree. Okay, y'all, the this is the news that's like really pressing. Um, and, and so those for those of you who uh, just joined the show, and you're like, wow, these two, uh, um, uh, let's see, appropriate word to call them on air, these two um, sophisticated, uh, knowledgeable. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, I wish uh, these two weirdos on air are not talking about the shooting. I did talk about the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. That is on the first part of the show a little bit after five o'clock um to hear my thoughts on that and again nothing um i didn't talk any policy because i think we need to mourn first for a couple days two three days and then talk policy that's what i personally think instead of jumping on the control guns or uh more guns whatever train you're on um before we get to that part i think we need to allow families to mourn and then we can talk policy but anyways i did talk about the shooting that killed six people um earlier today nashville tennessee at a school uh that's on the first uh, segment of the show if you miss that you can listen in um, to our podcast priority talk it'll uh, be uploaded later and hear our thoughts there obviously thoughts prayers uh, with the families, the community there uh, as well. It's terrible. So anyways, if you're just joining us and you're like, why aren't you talking about that? We did. Now now we're moving on to, I guess, more lighthearted things in this a uh, little bit after 5.30 um, part of the news and politics part of this show. But anyway, so uh, peanut butter, uh, liquid, solid, gas. Um, I disagree with the definition. A liquid has no definite shape. Okay, I can see that. Peanut butter has no definite shape that it has to take. And takes a shape dictated by its container. That's the part I disagree with. Because unlike a liquid that if you drop it and there's no container, it'll just kind of spread everywhere. If you drop a a thing of peanut butter, it'll just kind of plop and it'll stop and so it does not necessarily take a shape dictated by its container thoughts yeah because if you put you can you can have a jar of peanut butter that's like half empty and it can you can have it all on one side if you want whereas water you can't have water just be on the right side of a jar it's all going to be on the bottom and then just slowly go up it's going to it's going to even out so y'all i i just disagree with this this tsa ruling um what are your thoughts Uh, call in 205-941-1011 i guess this is up there with um uh, hot dogs okay hot dogs are they Uh, a sandwich or not I don't know. I've never, I don't really think about this. <laughs> Y'all, these are the important things in life. I'm going to say no because I want to say no and I have no reason for <laughs> saying no. All right. Last one, Stuart, uh, before he's like, I'm walking off the show. This is terrible. Um, uh, so, uh, is cereal a soup? soup? No, no. Absolutely not. Okay. Milk is not broth. Okay, all so. right. Stewart has spoken. In other news, going to an 1819 news article by Erica Thomas. Uh, Dear Jesus, please help them. Trustful man receives so many donations. Truck has two blowouts on way to tornado survivors. An Alabama man is back home after a weekend full of challenges in his mission to bring relief to tornado survivors in 
Amory Miss uh I think uh is it Amory or Amory? Anyway, uh Jesse Odell is from Trustville. But he felt he had to act when a large tornado hit the small town of Amory. That's just how I'll pronounce it. More than 130 miles away. The small population of Amory had been devastated by the twister. The local school was severely damaged and homes and businesses were destroyed. The tornado was so destructive that WTVA meteorologist Matt... I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'll just call him Matt. Matt prayed live on air as he watched the image on the radar approach the town. Oh, man, dear Jesus, please help them, he said. After the storm ripped through Amory, Odell saw images of what was left behind. He began contacting friends and acquaintances that he thought would join the cause. A big player in the effort was Joseph of... uh, Tortorigi Construction. Joseph Tortorigi, again, I apologize if I mispronounce this. He provided a truck and trailer to haul 8,000 pounds of water pallets, toilet paper, baby wipes, diapers, and teddy bears, along with a monetary donation. Odell said with the monetary donations, he could purchase items at Fresh Value Marketplace and Trustful which offered a discount for the cause. The discount they gave was enough to make the money go a long way, said Odell. But once he got on the road, Odell realized the good deed would not be easily delivered. There were so many items on the trailer, it was overloaded, and they experienced two blowouts on the journey across the state. Odell said despite what he had already done, Tortorigi again came through. Here is this multimillionaire on the ground in the dirt out there rescuing us, said Odell. He also helped redistribute the load and got us back on the road. Finally, Odell arrived in the devastated town of Amory. He said with the help of local law enforcement and his son, George, he could quickly unload the items and give them to people in need. He witnessed a shelter with dozens of cots and children playing. He saw crumbled buildings that reminded him how fragile life is and how it doesn't matter how much money you make or where you are in life. When disaster strikes, you need others. I just always try to do, I just always do try to help anyone, he said. I don't care who they are. I feel like when there is a natural disaster or a crisis, that's when you stop being petty and become a human being. Politics don't matter. Race doesn't matter. You stop what you're doing and you do what you can to help others. The tornado that hit Amory received a preliminary rating of EF4, which produces winds up to 200 miles an hour. So Jesse O'Dell from Trustful, you did real good uh, to, to go out and serve and let that be a good example to all of us. How can we serve and help our neighbors or maybe not just next door neighbors, but those in the states around us, you know, Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, uh, maybe our church can have a disaster response team. Just uh, again, just wonderful examples. Oftentimes new stories are pretty terrible. For example, this tornado was not great, but often it's it's through the terrible times that we read about heroes. Um, and oftentimes heroes, you, it's tough to be a hero uh, in, in easy times because they're just easy. 
heroes aren't always required in easy times. But when disasters strike, that's when we see people rise above and beyond and do incredible things. So again, Jesse O'Dell, that's wonderful. That was 1819 News uh, reported by Erica Thomas. So y'all, let's do what we can to serve and let us be known for our service in our pursuit of uh, Jesus, loving Jesus. And as we love Jesus, we want to love others as well. Friends, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Make sure to follow us on social media at Priority Talk Instagram. Facebook, Twitter. Um, we're on the Twitter, uh, you know, updating people there as well. Y'all make sure to, to follow us and uh, stay up to date on everything that we're doing. Y'all don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Priority talk. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com. Hi, this is Josh McDowell, and I want to tell you, don't miss Greg Davis on Priority Talk. It's a marvelous way to grow in Christ. Here we are, live uh, on this Monday night. Beautiful day. Uh, guess last couple days, Stuart, have you been able to be outside much? You do anything? No, I went. I went out this morning though because it cleared up a little bit. Yeah, but some, no, some weekend I stayed in. Yeah, some beautiful days, y'all. Uh, make sure to enjoy God's creation as best as you can. So here we are this Monday night. Call in 205-941-1011. So I have a couple more news stories for you as we head towards our second hour from 6 to 7. Uh, let's see. From AL.com, taking space command away from Huntsville is worst of Washington. Tuberville says four days after an opinion column in the Washington Post indicated President Joe Biden was leaning toward keeping U.S. Space Command in Colorado. Hold on right there. Stewart, 
do you say Colorado or Colorado? Colorado. Colorado, okay. I think I'll often say Colorado, and then people be like, Colorado, and you sound so funny. I'm like, so is that a northern thing, or is that I don't your know. attempt at being southern? Uh, I don't know. This is the other one. Uh, Nevada or Nevada? Nevada. Nevada, okay. I think I do that one as well. Nevada, Nevada. Anyways, but that's just some things I'll out myself as, as a uh, northerner. That's one of them. Anyways, uh, President Joe Biden was leaning toward keeping U.S. Space Command in Colorado. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville fired back with his own opinion. The Post published an op-ed from Tuberville on Monday, and the senator repeated his arguments that Redstone Arsenal has been determined to be the best site. And the columns, uh, anyways, la la la, um, going down, ju, 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 ju. but anyways, uh, just basically the Biden administration is thinking about uh, reversing a Trump administration plan to relocate the U.S. Space Command from Colorado Springs to Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Because it fears the transfer would disrupt operations at a time when space is increasingly important to the military. Numerous reviews and evaluations have identified Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville as the best permanent location for Space Command, but its startup home at Peterson Space Force Base... That's interesting to say. Space Force Base in Colorado Springs may have its greatest momentum for keeping the command since the evaluation process started. So anyways, it was going to make under Trump is going to make its way to Huntsville, Alabama. Now, if you're from the area, if you know Huntsville, you know recently it's been booming. I think it's now Alabama's largest city overtaking Birmingham. Y'all, I guess FBI, you know, uh, lots of manufacturing, uh, lots of warehouses, just it's been booming. And then Space Command was also going to go there as well. So we'll see. I hope it still happens, partly because I think Space Command is just super Cool. Stuart, would you ever join the Space Command? You want to be floating up there? Nah. When I was a kid, space kind of terrified me. <laughs> I guess. I mean. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, I just, I wonder if in our lifetime, unfortunately, knowing human nature, this answer is probably going to be yes. I wonder if we'll ever have a space war. Can you imagine us like fighting in space each other or like a alien species not an alien species oh i didn't even think about that uh but just like each other like so russia like china of, us. instead of destroying our own property and buildings we just go to like a neutral site in space and just fight you know each other that's a great idea be like okay like y'all. an officiated war yes okay here's what we do we every nation that wants to get into a fight uh you just made me th- uh, think about this this is brilliant okay all right, you, you kind of like proxy fighting. We all send our best fighters to the moon. Okay, so let's say we get into a war with Russia. You know, I hope we don't, but let's say it happens. They send 50 people to the moon. We send 50 people to the moon. And then, like, all the damage in the fighting is done there. And then the winner of that wins the war back here. Something tells me that would never happen. That sounds great. I don't think wars don't, wars typically don't have like, this officiating but you know like them. how the old days used to do it you'd have two armies and then sometimes you would fight like a duel like david and goliath you send your best fighter yeah. we'll send our best fighter and that'll just kind of be the fighting so that yeah I, you know anyways yeah you're right that wouldn't work but hey yeah all it takes is one person to not follow the rules and then 
It's like mm. the nukes. One person just has to fire a nuke, and, and then everybody's all, firing. Yep, off to the races. Anyways, I just thought that was an interesting story there. I hope that it still goes to Huntsville. Another story is uh, police make arrest and second attack on pregnancy center firebombed by abortion activists. Police have arrested a suspect in connection with the second vandalism of the same pro-life pregnancy center in less than a year. So y'all know with Roe v. Wade, there was the leak. And then there was the actual decision when uh, uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned um, and uh, just all the violence that happened against pregnancy centers, firebombings and vandalism. There was an arrest, which is good, because in my mind, I think fair is fair. You're not going to get fair under any particular administration, especially not the Biden administ- administration, with how they've handled uh, various things, pro-life activists versus pro-choice activists. You're not going to get fair, but you would like for it to be fair. If someone destroys a, a uh, abortion clinic, even though I don't agree with abortion, I think those people need to be prosecuted. You can't you can't kill pro-choice doctors pro-choice uh uh abortion clinic workers you can't kill them like that's not the right way to oppose abortion but then i think the same standard should be held when uh, with pro-life pregnancy clinics you shouldn't be able to firebomb their place and, and vandalize i just like fair is fair if you commit a crime uh you you should um you should uh, pay the penalty. The March 16th vandalism of Compass Care, which involves a spray painting of the word liars on the facility sign, is the second time the pro-life pregnancy center has become the target of pro-abortion activists within nine months. The facility was firebombed last June, just weeks after Politico published a draft of United States Supreme Court decision indicating that a majority of justices were inclined to overturn the Roe v. Wade ruling that legalized abortion nationwide the perpetrators of that attack remain at large compass care which rebuilt its severely damaged facility in less than two months was one of several pro-life pregnancy centers and churches that were damaged by vandals following the publication of the leaked draft opinion in the case of dobbs versus jackson women's health the official ruling determined that the u.s constitution does not contain a right to abortion obviously anyways which had been the argument of pro-abortion activists for several decades so y'all fair's fair i wish that the biden administration pursued the the criminals who attacked the pregnancy uh clinics as vigorously as uh as the biden administration pursued some pro-life activists particularly mark uh, i never pronounce his last name correctly i don't know if it's hook or hucks or or something um that who who had a confrontation with someone and then he was uh, he was pursued illegally i think he was uh, declared innocent thank goodness but y'all fair is fair those are my thoughts this is priority talk radio y'all 101.1 fm am 850 remember we are on mondays through fridays 5 p.m to 7 p.m we are at the end of this first hour but hang in there we got a second hour for you the priority talk radio (laughs) 